Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. Have you thought about finally starting that business now that your kids are older? Do you ever stay awake wondering how to mesh your passions into purposeful work? Do you have big, ambitious goals but feel overwhelmed or even unqualified to pursue them? Hey, I'm Gabe. Not too long ago, I longed for the confidence to start an online business. I just wanted to make a difference outside my home bubble using my gifts. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't good enough, I didn't know enough, and I didn't have enough time. Until I realized something huge. My kids need me to be their example, and they need to see me win. And yours do too. In this podcast, you will learn how to clarify your goals, plan with purpose, and ditch your distractions. If you're ready to make an impact and an income, all for the glory of God, then you're in the right place. As an avid runner, I believe life is one massive marathon. It's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. So lace up those running shoes, pop in your earbuds, and let's do this thing. Hey friend, welcome to Pursuing Goals God's Way. So glad you are hanging out with me today. Today is another part of our slow series, a continuation. We have a few left to go. And if you're following along, I'm reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. I hope that you have been able to pick up a copy to read along with me as well. But I just wanted to bring you some short snippets of encouragement each week to help finish your year out well. So far, we've talked about the fact that hurry is the enemy to spiritual growth. We've also talked about where our time is going and the symptoms of hurry sickness. We also worked through the fact that more time isn't actually the answer and dove into the secret to a lighter life. Then I challenged you to look at your schedule and see if it aligns with your values. And we started talking about the four practices of an unhurried life. Last week being silence and solitude. Today is all about the Sabbath rest. You may go, well, that's an Old Testament regulation, Gabe. We're in New Testament times. We don't need the Sabbath day anymore. I'm not like the Pharisees who kept the law and were totally legalistic. Oh, believe me, I'm not either. But what if I told you that the Sabbath day is actually a gift from God? It's not really a regulation, but more of a promise. Now it is in the 10 commandments and those are actually still good to follow, right? But it is really a promise, a promise of rest for our physical bodies and our souls. God rested on the seventh day of creation to model for us what the Sabbath looks like. Now, the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which literally means to stop. So Sabbath means to stop, but it also can be translated to delight, which I thought was really interesting because to stop and delight in God, that is so appropriate, right? So in the book, John Comer puts a long list of words together that define restfulness versus words that define restlessness. And I took some time to decide which words I associated with more right now. And this would be a good challenge for you this week to look at too. So here's mine. Margin versus busyness. I chose margin because I've been working on that and I feel like I have a bit more of it. How about slowness versus hurry? I think I'm in the slowness. Like I don't find myself in as much of a hurry. Yes, I'm still busy right now, but even when I'm driving, I'm driving the speed limit. I'm not feeling hurried in my day. So I think slowness actually defines me a little bit more. How about quiet versus noise? I honestly am still feeling the noise. I still hear the noise around me. I haven't quite been able to settle my mind the way I'd like to. Deep relationships versus isolation. Now, I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle here. I really long for the deep relationships, but I find myself still trying to figure out how to have them. And 
how to like incorporate that into my lifestyle right now. Time alone versus crowds. Not too long ago, it would have been crowds. I'm finding I'm liking some time alone now, though. So time alone is probably where I'd go here. I actually really don't like crowds anymore. I don't like lines. I don't like all the busyness and hustle buzzle that crowds have. Delight versus distraction. Now, I'll be honest, I really want the delight, but I'm still on the distractible side. Like I easily can get distracted by little birdies here and there or a squirrel or whatever it is. And so I'm still working on that. Enjoyment versus envy. I'd say I'm in the middle here. I'm working toward more enjoyment and starting to feel it, but I still sometimes have this like, well, why does life have to, why is life so good for that person? And why is this? And why can't I have this? And that kind of a thing, like just feeling a little bit envious and wishing that I had some of the things that others had when it came to time or money or different things. So I'm kind of in the middle, but working toward enjoyment. How about clarity versus confusion? I feel like even just in the past couple of weeks, this has been huge for me. I feel like I'm on the clarity side and just a couple months alone has brought so much clarity to my life in the direction that I feel like God is calling me in my messaging, in life, in um, taking care of the kids and all of the things. And so I would say I'm on the clarity side now. How about gratitude versus greed? I would say I'm on the gratitude side, even though I was talking about how sometimes I have this envy, I really don't have like this greed. I don't have this need to have more and to have all this stuff. Like that's not where I am. And so I feel like I'm kind of leaning on the gratitude side. Contentment versus discontentment. Now I'm somewhere in the middle here. I want to be content in all things. Um, with what we have, but sometimes I do feel pressed. And then I see myself moving into a more discontentment of, I wish that I had this, right? And so I'm I'm kind of in the middle there. How about trust versus worry? Now I'm more of a worrier here. I'm going to be honest, but I am working on it and I'm getting better. But I would say I am on the worrying side. Love versus anger. Somewhere in the middle here. <laughs> I have triggers that can set me off pretty easily, and I'm going to just blame that on the red hair, okay? I know people are like, ooh, you're stubborn. You have red hair. And yeah, I'm going to blame it on that. But really, I do kind of have some anger issues. So I'm wanting more than anything to respond rather than react when situations don't, don't go the way I want them to. And so I've been working on it, but I would say I'm in the middle. How about joy versus sadness? Now, I'm on the joyful side lately, so I would say I'll put myself there, but I know what it is to feel that melancholy and to actually have real sadness, but I have come out of that, and so I'm so thankful and grateful for that. Peace versus anxiety. I'm moving toward peace, but probably more anxiety than I need, so that's really my tendency. I have an anxious personality. I tend to go that direction initially, and so I would put myself on the anxiety side. How about working from love versus working for love? Now, I'd say I'm working from love now, but I can see how I have worked for love, like for the accolades, for um, feeling good enough, for wanting people to appreciate what I'm doing, all that. Um, so, but I, I feel like I work from love now. How about work as a contribution versus work as accumulation and accomplishment? I'd say I'm in between here. I want work to have an impact. And so that's like my goal is to help you turn your passion and purpose into impact and income, right? So making your work a 
impact and a passion. And I feel like I'm kind of there as well, but I still kind of feel like it gives me a sense of accomplishment. So I feel like I do work for accomplishment as well. So I'll put myself in between. So with that full long list of things, of words that describe restlessness and words that describe restfulness, I would say I have about seven of them that are on the restfulness side and four on the restlessness side. And then there's five in between. So I'm moving in the right direction, I think, but I'm still just a work in progress. I'd love to hear where do you fall? I'd love for you to kind of take this self-assessment too. And by the way, it's okay whatever that is, wherever you fall. If you have more restlessness than restfulness, it's okay. I'd say human nature tends to fall on the restlessness side, and we have to work with the help of the Holy Spirit to move into the restful side. Study after study has proven that there is zero correlation between hurry and productivity. I found this really interesting as I was reading uh, because John Mark pointed out that once you work 50 hours a week, your productivity actually plummets. And 50 hours a week is essentially a six-day work week. Isn't that ironic? We need that seventh day for rest. Ronald Rollheiser in Forgotten Among the Lilies, Learning to Look Beyond Our Fears, he says, so much of our unhappiness comes from comparing our lives, our friendships, our loves, our commitments, our duties, our bodies, and our sexuality to some idealized and non-Christian vision of things which falsely answers to us that there is a heaven on earth. When that happens, and it does, our tensions begin to drive us mad, in this case, to a cancerous restlessness. True restfulness, though, is a form of awareness, a way of being in life. It is living ordinary life with a sense of ease, gratitude, appreciation, peace, and prayer. We are restful when ordinary life is enough. Now, when I read that and I heard heaven on earth, I immediately went to the prosperity gospel, the gospel that says that we can have whatever we want. We just have to speak it and claim it and have this authority, which I do believe we have authority in Christ. But the prosperity gospel is actually a false gospel. We don't have heaven on earth until Jesus comes back and creates heaven on earth for us. We will have problems. We will have struggles. And so... Um, that kind of reminded me a little bit of that. I'm not going to go too far into that, driving into a rabbit hole there. But, and then also hearing him say a cancerous restlessness. That's such a visual, isn't it? John Comer says that one of the things that surprised him the most when he started practicing the Sabbath was that he actually had to slow down the other six days of the week to actually enjoy the seventh. He learned that he couldn't Put the pedal to the metal, essentially, six days straight and then slam on the brakes on the seventh day. And here's why. He quotes, the Sabbath isn't just a 24-hour time slot in your weekly schedule. It's a spirit of restfulness that goes with you throughout the week, a way of living with ease, gratitude, appreciation, peace, prayer, a way of working from rest, not for rest, with nothing to prove, a way of bearing fruit from abiding, not ambition. I love the picture of working from rest, not for rest. I love thinking about how can I work in a restful way? How can I work in an unhurried way and do that for six days, right? And not feel like I'm hustling and bustling and trying to get to that seventh day. The Sabbath is a gift. It's a promise from God for our physical bodies and our souls. It's an invitation to rest. I'm working on it. Sometimes it's only a half of a day that I have. Sometimes it's a full day, but I'd like to get to the point where it's a habit of a full day, probably the same day every week. 
with kids' activities and all the things right now, it's really hard to get us all on the same schedule. But I'm going to continue to work on it because I really think it's important. And I want that promise. I want that promise of rest. I want what it's going to do for my soul and for me physically and for my spiritual growth. Now, I challenge you this week to take a half day or a full day of Sabbath and just see what happens. In your Sabbath, you get to do what fills you up. Take some time in quiet. Go on a walk and pray. Uh, Listen to fun music. Go on a hike. Play board games with your family. Just be. Have leftovers, right? Start working toward that seventh day of rest. Your body will thank you. Your mind will thank you. And you'll see so many benefits. I think spiritual is the best benefit that comes out of it all. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for that seventh day of rest. I thank you for this gift that you've given us, the promise you've given us to really refuel our physical bodies and our souls, and an invitation to come draw closer to you in relationship and abide in you. Lord, I pray that each one of us will just take that time to slow and really realize that that six days before the seventh need to be unhurried as well and to kind of gear ourselves into that rest. And I pray that you'll just find us. You'll come meet us where we're at. You'll meet us in that rest day and that you'll refuel us for that next week for all that you have for us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. In all things I pray, friend, you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. If you resonate with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or share it with a friend as this helps grow the podcast. Also, if you're not a part of Simplicity and Motherhood, consider joining us. It's a free online community built to provide support and encouragement so you can create balance and live intentionally as you go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to redhotmindset.com for more resources and to find the link to join the community. In all things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you.